Hello and welcome to Coffee and Conversation, a podcast by the Del Norte County Office of Education and Del Norte County Unified School District. My name is Jeff Harris. I am the superintendent of schools and joining us on today's podcast are Angie Marshall, the principal of Mountain School and Independent Study. Welcome, Angie. Thank you. And somebody that you all may have heard of before, uh, Leslie Machado, and Leslie's our Director of Curriculum Instruction and Assessment. Hello. And finally, we have joining us uh, Ryan Botten, our Director of Information and Network Services. Great to be here. So, you know, today um, on our podcast, we hope in about 20 minutes or so, we can have a quick conversation about the new independent study laws. Um, last year, many of your children may have been on, on distance learning. Uh, in previous years, they may have been on independent study, whether that was for five days or five weeks. This year, a new law was passed in July, AB 130, that actually changed both of those. So independent study, when we talk about independent study this year, it's not the same independent study that was around a few years ago. Um, and it's definitely not distance learning like we had last year. So um, just to kind of kick it off, uh, I'm going to ask Leslie and Angie to talk a little bit about independent study and kind of what has evolved out of AB 130 and what we're going to be able to offer this year and why you may consider it for your child and why you might not. So typically independent study was like Jeff had said that you can go, um, you know, five to however many days in a year, an entire school year this year. Um, if you go anywhere from five up to 15 days, so 14 days, it's a it's your traditional independent study with a packet. You stay with your same teacher. You go home. You do your independent study. When you come back, you bring in your packet and you're done. Um, that that is still the same. If you go 15. Now, now, Leslie, but hold on there really quickly, because that's a, that's a new kind of change. Right. Before they could ask for up to a year of just packet work. Right. Now they only get 14 days. That's not even three weeks. Right. And so on day 15, they're required to do this new thing. Right. Where AB 130 comes into play if right. it's 15 days or more, where um, a student is now going to be on independent study. But there are some other um, requirements within AB 130 that Angie will speak about later. But um, it's going to involve some of that daily live interaction and it's going to do the synchronous instruction. Um, so it's it's not just uh, taking a packet, going home or going to Disneyland or wherever and doing it and coming back. But it's also not that three hours a day of staring at a computer screen. No, yeah. the, the burden is still is going to fall on the caregiver. There is the burden of the work. It's still independent study. Um, whoever's home with a child uh, will absolutely have to be engaged and 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 be working with their child because that that support, that academic support is going to have to come from the caregiver at home. And we all know that's hard. I mean, that's hard. But Angie, so what's it going to look like? So we have a schedule um, put together and it is going to consist of some daily live interaction. We're thinking about 30 minutes so um, students can interact with their peers. And then they will have grade level specific synchronous learning with their teacher. And so they get on a Zoom, they do, um, the teacher does some synchronous learning with them. And then the majority of their time afterwards is going to be spent with their caretaker. Um, depending on their grade level, it could be three to five hours of work or it could be four to six hours. So that's when we're really making sure everyone is aware that it is very heavy on the caregiver's part to um, get some work completed at home. So when we talk three to five or four to six, 
again, that's not sitting in front of a computer, but that's the time equivalent of work that a teacher is required by law to assign to the child that the child's required to complete. And then they have to provide that work back to the teacher. The teacher verifies that it's done and that's how they get attendance, right? Right. Each grade or each teacher will give um, a time frame on their assignments. And so if they you know need to do a reading log, they need to read for 30 minutes and so then respond for another 10 minutes. So everything that the teacher is going to assign to them is going to have a time frame on it. So we can track how many how many minutes they're doing their work. And that's that's a huge difference, too, because last year, Ryan, when we were doing AFLK14, everything else. Right. All those great attendance codes. Yeah. This is really going to be just based on whether the work was done and turned in and then they can can they get a portion of attendance? What what does that look like? Have you had those conversations? I'm not sure if we have um, had the portion of attendance thing, but, you know, alongside the minutes discussion, you know, and you, you mentioned those those codes we had last year, those participation and engagement. We right. are still going to have to track for independent study participation and engagement. Yeah. It's just that we're going to have to be associating those with, you know, assignments and minute values to say there was, you know, like Angie referred to, 30 minutes of synchronous and we're going to track that. The teachers are going to track that. And then there was assignments given that equate to X number of minutes and we're going to have to track that. So it's going to be kind of a lot of, of overhead, I guess, no right. different than last year. Um, just bringing in that, making sure we're hitting our daily minimum minute requirements. Right. And, and again, last year that wasn't necessarily a part of distance learning, but this year, and like I said, it's not distance learning. It's not independent study. It's somewhere in the middle. Um, so if distance learning worked great for your child, but independent study didn't, we just want to kind of explore kind of what this is because this could or could not work for your child depending on all of these requirements that Angie and Leslie are sharing with us. So tell us a little bit more about the program. So um, to get into the program, um, there is an interest survey that is on our website that you need to take. Um, from that point on, we will, your principal of the school that you regularly attend will contact you or you can contact them and you guys will have a meeting and talk about if this is the appropriate placement for your child. Um, if it is and they decide as a team, you guys say, yes, we're, we can accomplish this independent study. Um, they will then give your name to me and I will be contacting you or the teachers will be contacting you. So Angie, I know one thing last year, and I, I heard from a lot of our families and uh, one of our board members uh, has a child who is in special education. So um, if, if we have a family who says, you know, I'd like my child to do independent study, um, I'm still concerned about COVID. Um, does there have to be an IEP? Can, when can the family know that they're moving into independent study? Is there another step in that process? Do they do the IEP after they meet with you or do they do it before they meet with you? They need to do it before they meet with me because as a team, the independent or the, the um, IEP team will discuss and decide, is this the best interest of your child? And if it is, then the IEP team will agree and we can move forward with putting them into independent study. But if they don't agree, then um, that might not be the best interest and we might have to take some next steps. Right. Well, because, you know, I think a, a really important thing for our families to understand is regardless of whether it's in-person or independent study, we have to make sure that we're meeting the free and appropriate public education requirements. 
we have to make sure that we're meeting the least restrictive environment in which the child can be successful, because I know that you're going to get eventually to uh, what are the consequences if a child is not making adequate progress, right? Yes. And then um, we also have to talk about what's the educational benefit. And I know that for a lot of our students who receive special education services or English language services or other services, um, that that student-to-student, peer-to-peer interaction is almost as critical as the academic component. So that, that IEP becomes a critical factor in making that determination before they come to you. Yes, right? it does. But now once they come to you, though, and you guys have that conversation, um, if everything's a go, now, Ryan, I think this is part of what you've been working on. There's a whole new contract that has to be signed. Yeah, there is. Our, our old independent study contracts um, are kind of no longer valid. I mean, the, the agreements have to change. The law has changed. The educational code has changed. So we are actively updating those right now. Um, we're looking at an option that will allow us to bring this all kind of into the digital age. Right. Um, you know, this is this is independent study. So we are looking at something where we can do digital signatures. Um, and so this can all be done remotely if it has to be. Um, but again, that, that educational team meeting, you know, may involve the teacher from last year, the, the, the principal, and then bringing Angie and her team into this, that's still going to happen. But, um, that establishment of that contract is going to, it's going to look different than it did before. So I think the big question is, you know, for a lot of folks is, is the contract, I guess, I guess what are the big changes in the contract? One of the things is going to be itemizing who's on that educational team, right? We're going to, you know, have stakeholders involved. So if anybody's ever been part of a, you know, a 504 or an IEP, this is kind of a, a subset of that. We're going to be establishing, mm-hmm. you know, here's who the principal is, here's who the student is. There are going to be a lot of, and the parents or the caregiver, if it's not the parent at the home, perhaps, um, will be part of that, that educational discussion and what is in the best interest of the child. And they're all going to be stakeholders and, and called out and what their roles and responsibilities are. Um, in addition, I think, and maybe Leslie can talk to this a little bit, but our old pre AB 130 independent study contracts may have listed out subjects. These are going to be a little more detailed. They're going to maybe itemize out actual assignments and some more detail in the schedule itself. Right. Time value of those assignments. Right. And, and something else I think that's different when we are talking about differences from distance learning to what this is. Um, last year in distance learning, quite honestly, I'd hear from a lot of teachers where Kids were getting on, they're doing the assignments, but you never heard from them. And if they had a medical note, which is how they got into distance learning last year, then um, at that point, we just encouraged, encouraged, encouraged them Mm -hmm. to get onto the Zoom. That's not the case with independent study. Um, This year, if it's decided that it's in the best interest academically, social, emotional behavior for your student to be on independent study, if we start seeing that they're missing some of those components, any of those components, missing assignments, or that live interaction or the, the synchronous instruction, at that point, we can, we can say, and we're going to talk about this, Angie can talk about the tiered re-engagement, but it, if it's not in the best interest of a child, we're going to excuse you from independent study and let you return to in-person instruction at, at your school site. And again, I, I think the important thing there too, Leslie, is that's, that's not just we as the district saying this is what we're going to do. That's specifically called out in AB 130, right? That's part of the new law. We have to do that tiered re-engagement and we have to bring them back to in-person if they're not making that progress. Right. Because we had kids last year, you know, for a year and a half, we saw them struggle, struggle, struggle. And we had teachers saying, gosh, we need them back in the classroom. You know, we have this opportunity, but because they're out on a medical note and we understood that we, we really tried to work with them. But a lot of students we didn't hear from or see. Um, daily basis, you know, or weekly basis even. 
So we were really concerned. And this year, the law has given a little bit of teeth and said, if it's not working and you're not seeing them, then you pull that independent study contract back and you have them come back to in-person instruction. Right. Yeah. And there's actually a, there's metric behind it. It's 60%. I mean, you have to, if you miss 60% of a week, so three days of lack of participation, lack of assignments, that's the, that's the, the minimum, you know, really uh, trigger point where we need to have that tiered re-engagement discussion. Mm-hmm. And that's what's going to go into my tiered re-engagement when we, at two missing assignments, I'm going to contact or I not mean necessarily, but the teacher will contact the parent or guardian and they will have a conference to see what's going on. And then at five missing assignments, um, you know, we'll get another conference with the parent, the teacher, um, maybe even the family liaison. Uh, but once we get to um, like eight assignments, that's when I get involved and we have a serious conversation um, about whether this is working for you and your family. And so, you know, we could get to the point where we need to remove you from independent study because it's not, it's not working. Yeah. So, I mean, and again, we know that this worked for a lot of kids, right? I mean, we had, we had kids, honestly, who this was the best thing that ever happened to them because not only could they take classes, they could go to, they could go to CR. They could take online, online college courses. They were learning languages. They were doing all kinds of things. They were working. They were working. They were making money. They were working. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, in the community, having jobs yes. during COVID. Um, so we know that it did work for a lot of kids. Like you guys had said, we also know that it didn't work for a lot of students. So, you know, my question is, is going to be this. And Leslie, you'd said it a minute ago. For those folks that had um, uh, medical notes. Mm-hmm. Are medical notes required to go on independent study this year? No, this year they're not required. If it is deemed in the best interest of the child, all the parent or guardian has to say is that my child has a medical condition. Um, They can be placed on independent study or or request to be placed on independent study. Because remember, if we're talking about this long-term independent study, 15 days or more, it's not just an automatic Um, There are going to be a couple of meetings before that happens, one with your current teacher at your current school site. And then when they when they say that, yeah, this makes sense and they understand that all the requirements, then it gets passed on to Angie and her team to go through the contract. So um, it it is different and it's it's voluntary. It's completely voluntary. You know, no, no student can be placed on independent study. Um, But once you as a as a family decide that this is what you want to do, then you need to reach out to your school site where your, your child currently is attending. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an important piece. Use the word contract. And we talked about the contract a minute ago, but just to be really clear, in order for a child to go on independent study, every one of those signatories, like you were talking about earlier, right? Right. right. They all have to sign off on that. Yeah. Because I think we got to realize if you have a transitional kindergarten or a kindergarten or any grade level, really, you know, um, Yes, it's it's titled independent study, right? Um, but it requires a team. You know, it, it, students in person requires a team. It's I mean, we're, we're not just having a single teacher in the classroom. There's IAs, there's support staff, and independent study. Those same supports probably need to be provided. They're just not going to be provided here in the school. They need to find a way within that team to have those discussions and have people that are responsible for pri- providing those supports so that that student is successful working independently. Right. So what, what else do folks need to know about independent study? I, I want to just say this. Um, I think that if your student and your child, if they, if they struggled with distance learning last year, if that was a struggle, 
I I would ask that the, the your child come to in-person instruction because this is not going to be with the same um, a level of support, whether you thought that was enough, enough or not last year. It is definitely going to be less than what distance learning is. And if they struggled with that level of support, they're really going to struggle um, with the, with independent study because distance learning is absolutely not an not an option. The law that allowed us to do distance learning last year um, ended uh, June tw- June of 2021, so we cannot offer that. The right. only other option is this independent study. So, you know, talking about that, talking about maybe not having as much support as distance learning. AB 130 also um, set some parameters and criteria around what has to happen by grade span. And we've adjusted those a little bit, right? Because we want to make sure that everybody has um, the maximum education uh, that's kind of required under the law um, for independent study. But I do know that high school is vastly different than the elementary because elementary, what we're asking and basically TK8 is um, daily live interaction. Mm-hmm. Synchronous learning. Is that weekly or daily? Well, so like four through six is weekly, but we are requiring it daily because we want to make sure we give the kids the best education possible. Mm-hmm. So for for all TK8, we will require daily live interaction and synchronous learning with their teacher. But then when you get to high school, that kind of goes out the window, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the 912 um, requirements are, you know, at minimum weekly. Um, what is it? It's weekly. W- weekly. Yeah, it's weekly interaction. And so um, it is a little more independent at high school. But we got to remember that that team still has to be on the same page and the same rules apply. That 60 percent trigger if you're not engaging, you know, and so. Exactly. Yeah, it's not just because the law doesn't require daily live interaction as a, as a high school student, that doesn't mean the work and the attendance doesn't still have to take place. Right. Well, and, and again, I'm going to go back to, and it's this weird tension, right? Between what you had said a second ago, Ryan, about everybody's a member of the team, making sure that a child gets what they need to be successful. And by child, I just mean anybody up to a senior in high school. But Leslie also made the the point that you're really not getting all that support because People need to look at what a student needs. Mm -hmm. They need to say, you know what, we think that they can make adequate progress. We think that they can do this. But the ability to have that quick tutorial, the ability to have reteaching of a difficult concept, the ability to stay after class and ask a teacher a question, if you're 912, that's kind of gone. I mean, there's nobody there. Once a week, you're required to have that. But the rest of the time, it's basically just... Independent study. Independent study. <laughs> it's asynchronous work, right? Yes. Yes. But our teachers are amazing. And I think that, you know, we're going to provide every opportunity we can oh, for yeah. everybody to be successful, regardless of whether they're in person or, or remote. It's just um, not as easy. It's not as easy. It is not. Yeah, I mean, for the, for the student. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What, one thing I want to jump in, and it's kind of a nuts and bolts thing, but I think it's important that some people may be on the fence right now, you mm-hmm. know, wondering, is this for me? Distance learning really worked pretty well, but I'm just not 100% sure. You know, you're thinking, well, you know, I'll start. We'll start. We'll see how this works. You may be wondering what happens if it doesn't work and you can come back. But I think it's important to point out that due to class sizes, you, you may there's no guarantee that we can place you back at your home at school. your home school. So I just yeah. want to throw that caveat out there. So, you know, full transparency, you have a home school, you have your normal school, but you go on independent study three or four or five, six weeks in. It's really not working. We're going to get you back into a classroom. There's just no guarantee it's going to be the classroom at your home school. And it'll be quick. I mean, we'll get you back into a classroom within five days. Yep. I mean, that's that's the maximum. 
Um, but like Ryan said, it may not be your home school because remember, we do a lot of interdistrict transfers. We're loading classes now. We're putting all those things together. So if your child goes to a particular school in a particular grade and that class is already full, then we'll do our best to place your child at another school close to where they would normally have gone. Um, I think the other thing to remember, too, is if you say, I want to start my child in person and then I'll see how it goes. And then you decide later you want to go on an independent study. Remember, all of this process that Angie discussed is still in effect. You still have to meet with your school's um, teacher, your, your principal. They still have to determine it's in your best interest. Um, then if your child does receive um, special education services, there would still be an IEP. Um, if it still was in your child's best interest, then it would go to Angie and her team, who would then meet with you and have all these conversations. And just given the regular course of the school, you know that that's not a super fast Mm-hmm. timeline either right, right? Um, because even the IEP can take some time to to put into play um, but that's still contingent on whether or not we have room at that particular point in time um, at this point what we're looking at is we're looking at uh, maybe three independent study teachers k-12 given the numbers that we've had um, and I think that's why it was important kind of going back to the beginning of this podcast if you are interested that you fill out the interest survey at dnusd.org. And um, it is up in the banner and you can click on that and you can let us know. Um, but again, I would, I would really think long and hard because the one thing I think all of us sitting around the table know is our kids really struggled last year. And while it really worked for some, I don't think the majority of the 3,700 students in our district thrived on distance learning. Correct. One more thing before we go, um, there's a question that comes up about the extracurricular activities. So if my student is on independent study, can they still participate in the extracurricular activity? And the answer is yes. If the independent study contract allows and your child meets the same requirements, grades, attendance, et cetera, as the other students um, who are in person to participate, then they can absolutely participate in extracurricular activities. And the final question that I know pops up all the time is will, will meals still be available to my child? So I was talking with uh, Julie Clark, our Director of Nutrition Services, and she did confirm that, yes, meals will be available for students on independent study. However, we won't be delivering them. There is no curbside pickup for students who are on independent study. Uh, meals will be available at the school to which your child typically goes. And um, you can go to those schools. You can go and you can pick up the meal. Um, at a certain window of time. And, and Nutrition Services is going to be placing that information about the pickup times on their website, um, Facebook page, and probably getting things out in a flyer too, uh, and a reminder on their regular monthly uh, menu. And again, you know, just hit it one more time, right across the banner, uh, Mr. Hawkins on our communications director has made a link uh, for the interest survey. You could hit that on the banner on dnusd.org. Um, you can also go to dnusd.org slash is or dnusd.org slash independent study. So any of those will take you to the independent study information and ability to fill out that interest form so we can know, are you sure, are you, are you in on an, an independent study for this year? So Angie, Leslie, Ryan, thank you for joining me today and having this conversation. I know this is a big topic of conversation along with all of the um, questions about the requirements for starting school in person. 
um, if you are listening to the podcast, today is Friday, August 20th. And on the 18th of last Wednesday, there was a webinar in which uh, Assistant Superintendent Jeff Napier had a conversation about those in-person uh, requirements. So I'd encourage you to go back and check out that webinar as well. Um, any last thoughts from anybody before we sign off? No, you're good. <laughs> We're great. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> We're good. It, it's another year of let's let, let's play wait and see. Yeah. So I, I appreciate the work that you've all done. Uh, Angie, Leslie, you guys have kind of pulled off an entirely new system of instruction in the past, you know, four weeks or so. Ryan, I know that you are dealing with all of the legal requirements and everything else that we're going to have to do. So thank you so much for what you're doing. And uh, for all the parents out there, if you do have questions, if you do want to dig in a little bit deeper, um, there will be some additional information on independent study posted on our website. Uh, we do have some um, webinars posted pre from previous webinars on independent study where you can watch a presentation on that. Um, and we are very open to any phone calls you have where we can help clarify any information for you. So thank you very much. We hope everybody has a great weekend. Uh, remember, school starts on August 30th. That is day one. And it's a minimum day. It is our articulation day. Oh, yes. Well, right. So the first day of school um, is now Mondays are the articulation day. So yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Early yeah. out yeah. Monday. And just to be clear, because we've heard this on the rumor mill, still, we are starting with every child in person, five days a week, fully regularly scheduled days. The board has not discussed closing school in any way, shape or form. We are having full opening of school unless you choose independent study. <laughs> so um, again, thanks everybody and uh, have a great day. Bye. See you. Thank you.